I think the biggest thing is if you want to do something extra, you better figure out your own life first. And a big part of that is your personal finances. If you can't get your personal finances in order, you have no business running a business because you don't understand how to handle money. And so it's kind of snowballed into this, you know, we, we help people with their finances. And so if guys don't have their personal finances handled first, that's where I help them out first and say, Hey, look, let's get this under control. Once you understand how to handle your own, then doors will start to open because you understand how money works. You understand that you need to essentially sacrifice to get what you want. Same thing with our time, right? If you don't understand how to use it appropriately and not waste it all the time, you'll never get anywhere. So you have to be diligent in, in, in your personal life and the small things if you want to do something bigger. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Tranquil Turtle Massage. Tracy over there, the founder, she's a small town girl from Montana, loves God, loves her family, loves her friends, loves working out, fishing and camping. She has a passion for helping those in need and enjoys being creative with woodworking, crocheting, healthy baking, pottery and cooking. Look, she began her massage journey back in 2010 where she graduated from massage school up in Anchorage, Alaska. She specializes in her signature massages, the Hanu Infusion and the Hanu Ashiatsu, as well as the Gua Sha and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you're looking for a massage specialist and someone who could get you feeling good, go see Tracy down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. And while you're there, check out CDA Microblading, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fibroblast, tightening, and PMU services right there in the heart of downtown Coeur Make sure you book your appointment at pnwmobilemassage.com. Justin, you're a husband, you're dad, sergeant for the Kootenai County Sheriff's Office. You're also owner of King Sod, much more. Thank you for what you do, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I'd love to go back with my guests. Like, where'd you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Well, uh, I was originally born in Alaska and family moved down here, moved to Idaho for a little bit. Um, And then my folks actually helped start a church over in Hawaii. So when I was, I don't know, nine, 10 years old, moved to Hawaii for three years. Then we moved back to Idaho and I lived in Idaho ever since. So moved around a little bit, lived in some really cool places and stuck in Idaho and been here for a long time now. And so considered myself an Idaho boy, but been, uh, been around a little bit. So, okay. Growing up, I, uh, I always have done some entrepreneurial stuff. I was counting the other day. And since I was six years old, I have had 16 different businesses and or ventures, uh, you know, just my childhood growing up. Now, you know, obviously I've got one that's an actual business, Yeah. but uh, just, that's just kind of been how I've been wired. And so it's kind of funny uh, looking back at all the things it's, it's, it's how I've always been. So it's kind of fun. What was there anyone that inspired you to go or think about the, doing the entrepreneurial thing? Uh, I would say my parents. So my mom has owned her own business for my entire life. Um, my dad, started his own business probably when I was a freshman in high school, something like that. So since then, they've both been um, business owners themselves. Nice. Um, but even before before their businesses even took off, I mean, uh, we, we did not come from a wealthy family by any means. You know, they my parents worked hard. I remember some, we were broke. And so money's always kind of intrigued me. And it's always been kind of like a game for me. Like, even as a, a seven-year-old kid, I would spend my weekends um, sitting on the corner selling soda. Okay. And that's, that's, awesome. that's what I did for fun. Like, that's how I got started. I just loved it. I was like, it was so amazing to me that I could go buy something and sell it for more. And at the age of, you know, six and seven years old, I, I, my brain just was like, people like, why doesn't everybody do this? Cause I would go sit out there and, you know, make 10, $15. And I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Totally. And it just spiraled me into 
now I'm, I call it a disease. Now, now that's all I think about. Right. Right. When did you realize that you wanted to be in law enforcement and was there someone who inspired you to maybe go that route? Yeah. So, um, when I was graduating high school, my parents liked the idea of me going to college. They never said I had to, but they wanted, you know, something a little bit more for me. Uh, I like to remind them that neither of them went to college right. and that didn't really sit well with them <laughs> and they're doing just fine. I was like, you guys are doing fine. You didn't go to college. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, you can do a little bit more. And so I started looking into it. My brother-in-law at the time had just gotten into law enforcement and he was telling me about a local program through our community college that you can get college credit and train to be a police officer. And I was looking at the curriculum and I mean, it's like, dude, you drive fast, you get to shoot some guns, you get to get tased and pepper spray. And I was like, and I get college credit and get my parents on my back. Sure. Sounds great. So it's not, it's not like I had this huge desire my whole life to be in law enforcement. Um, but God knew what he was doing because man, it, I tell you what, it's, it has fit me very well. And it took a, a young naive boy um, and helped me, made me much more into a man and a leader and you know, who's God has called me to be because I tell you what, law enforcement, it, it's, it's a paramilitary, right? It's not military, but at the same time, it's very structured. And for uh, a kid like I was, I needed that structure in my life. Mm. Um, and it's really helped me become a leader. And uh, so I, I've loved it ever since. I've been in it for 11 years now. You know, I got hired at the age of 19, youngest person out of the department ever. Come on. And have, have just have, have just done um, everything that I've, I've wanted to do there. It's, it's been great. Yeah. I mean, that's so cool. And what was it like getting tased? I've been lucky uh, enough to, when I got arrested, I did not get tased. So, you know, we can make that happen, dude. I, <laughs> I hated it. I don't like electricity. Uh, I've been yeah. shocked you know, numerous times doing projects and stuff. And yeah. I equate it to getting hit by a freight train. Wow. Like just because if that spread gets right, man, it locks up. It's like getting a cramp in your leg. You know, you've had that right in every muscle between the probe. It's, it's, it's horrible. I hated oh. it. I hated it so much. <laughs> And it terrifies me. And I, to this day, I've only ever tased one other person who 100% deserved it. Uh, but it's, it's, yeah, it's not my friend. I don't like that's it. A, that's awesome. there, there may be some videos out there floating around of me getting tased. And, okay. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I definitely don't want to get tased, but yeah. <laughs> so awesome. I mean, it seems like being in law enforcement is scary, especially like in the last few years, I think we've seen this uptick of kind of just craziness with law enforcement, but I think we're lucky to live where we're at. Uh, and, but when fear does come over you when you're out on the job, how do you handle that? Yeah, there's a couple different types of fear, right? There's there's long term fear of like, what what is this going to do to me long term? What is this going to do to my family? That to me is the more difficult fear because every one of us, every first responder deals with it, whether you're in a big city, small town, whatever it's there's stuff that we deal with. Um, and mentally, it's it's difficult, right? Like, it's yeah. just and you don't know how it's going to affect you long term. Uh, luckily for me, I've got a great relationship with God. I've got a great relationship with my wife and my family. So I have avenues and I've got built in avenues so I can kind of deal with some of that stress and that, some of that fear um, in a healthy way. But that's one of the reasons why I like being in law enforcement, because there are guys that I work with that don't have those avenues. And you see that, you know, that fear kind of becoming destructive over time. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of guys in law enforcement over time turn out the way they do. I mean, historically, law enforcement officers um, have a 78% divorce rate um, compared to like the 52% national average, super high, right? Sure. Um, struggle with alcoholism, struggle with obesity, struggle with all sorts of stuff. And it starts with that fear of, well, today could be my last day, or I had to deal with this, or I might have to see another dead kid. Or, and it's just this kind of mental stress that 
Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm still in law enforcement because I have such a passion for guys to see them succeed, not just just in their career, but see this them succeed long term in their lives, in their marriages, in their their families, in their finances, especially because um, those are all big parts of what make us successful. Being in a career for thirty years and retiring is not the definition of a success. Definition of success is getting to the end of that and looking back and being thankful that you did it, right? That to me is success. The other fear is just, you know, in the moment fear, right? And that's one of those things where you can, you can train that out. Um, there's always, you know, we have different levels of, I don't know if you call it fear, but heightened awareness. So when we're, when we're working, we call it yellow. We're just always hypervigilant, right? Always looking. And when crap hits the fan, now that's red. So it's, it's, it's go to work with whether that means you got to fight somebody, you got to taste somebody, you get into a shooting, something like that. Right. It's this adrenaline rush that you have to control. And if you don't control it, and if it overwhelms you, we call that condition black. It's the next one. You don't want to go condition black because then it's fight or flight. Yep. And that's where the training comes in. And the more you do it, um, the easier that is. So for the newer deputy or cop or whoever, um, that's, that's a huge fear, right? Because you don't know how you're going to, you can train as much as you want, but until you get into a real life situation where your life is on the line, mm. you really don't know how you're going to handle it. Um, and then as that happens more and more and more, you know how you're going to handle it. And so that fear becomes less and less. So, yeah. Wow, <clears throat> man. So good, dude. That, I mean, it's good to have that mentality, right? I mean, when you're going into that stuff, I wanted to shift gears a little bit though, because you're also the owner of King Sod. I think this is freaking an awesome business, but how did all that come together? And for those who don't know about it, like what, what is it that you guys well, do? So yeah, I've always had a business mindset, right? Like I love law enforcement, but I don't know if you know this about law enforcement, we don't get paid a lot of money. Okay. And so <laughs> I've got four girls and, you know, I'm looking at my girls and I'm looking at our future and I just wanted to be able to give them a little bit more. I wanted us financially to be able to do more. And so it started, you know, off as another one of my side hustles. I've had, you know, a dozen side hustles. Yeah. And just kind of joined forces with my dad who owned a fencing company, used some of his equipment, you know, whether he wanted me to or not. And we just started kind of um, this business where I, I would buy sod from a farm and then I'd sell it to landscapers and homeowners. And I just got really good at, getting the customer, you know, whether it be a homeowner or um, a landscaper. And now we've built it up to where we've got six employees, we've got semi trucks and forklifts and, you know, quite a big lot. And it's, we're actually looking at a new location now so we can have our own location and building it even further. That's actually what I was working on this morning and Come on. after this. Um, so God has really blessed us. We just finished our fifth year and um, it's, it's, it's doing very well. So it's salary wise, it, it's definitely more than I make in law enforcement. And uh, which is great because that was the goal. But now I see it as another avenue to help people, right? Because mine and my wife, Heather's heart is the only reason we do things is to, to lift others up, right? So in law enforcement, I can see that it's, it's super quick and direct, right? But in my business, I can now take my leadership that I've learned from law enforcement, apply it to a business application. And now I'm changing the lives of like my employees, you know, we've, we've got six employees and well, now I'm, now I'm responsible in affecting their lives directly. Like they, right. they rely on us doing well and their families rely on us doing well. And so it's like another, it's another step. Uh, it's really cool to see too, because it's just, it's exciting to, to be able to pour that much into someone's life. 
Yeah. I mean, you guys, not only do you saw, do you do Christmas trees, you've got de-icer stuff like that, man. And, and so you've yeah. got a full range of stuff. That's awesome. Well, and, and it's, it kind of goes back to taking care of those families, right? Like I yeah. feel like it is, that's, that's my job, right? Like it's cool to make some extra money. Great. I, I can figure out how to do that. But right now I'm stu- I'm I'm a steward of these other people's lives. Well, sod is kind of an eight month season type thing. Gotcha. Well, no one likes getting laid off in the wintertime. So we've just been brainstorming. Okay. What else can we do? What else can we do? And so that's Christmas trees came in and we just kill it with Christmas trees for about a month. And then this year we started making a, a liquid de-icer and doing the de-icer so we can still service our customers, the landscapers and keep our guys employed. So we're, it's, it's benefiting the business, but it's also benefiting the, the guys and gals that work for us um, so we can essentially support them all year long. That's huge, man. I love that, dude. Yeah. Uh, being, an, being an entrepreneur, it's tough. Being an entrepreneur with a family and a full-time job is tougher. Uh, you yeah. know, w- when people say, well, I don't have time to uh, go after the side house. I don't have time to go after this thing that, you know, I, I'm passionate about. Like, what would you tell them? Yeah, you, you're right. You don't have time. You have to make time. You can fill up your time with anything, right? You, you can't tell me the, the guy that says, I don't have time. Have, have you looked at Facebook today? Well, yeah. Did you watch Netflix last night? Yeah. Cool. Then you've got time. It's just, what are you allocating your time towards? You and I have the same amount of time. I always, I, I never have enough time in the day, but if I look back at my day, I can see, okay, where did I put my time? And so for me, if I'm not putting my time towards my business, towards my career, towards my family, that's wasted time, right? So I can critique my next day based off of essentially my past. What, what am I doing? So I tell guys the same thing. It's like, you may not know what you want to do. You may not know um, what side hustle you could do. Fine. You can get help with that. But what you can do is you can start pouring into your own life. My our, Heather and I started teaching uh, financial peace a few years back because it's one way to help families you know, because I think the biggest thing is if you want to do something extra, you better figure out your own life first. And a big part of that is your personal finances. If you can't get your personal finances in order, you have no business running a business because you don't understand how to handle money. Yeah. And so it's kind of snowballed into this, you know, we, we help people with their finances. And so if guys don't have their personal finances handled first, that's where I help them out first and say, hey, look, let's get this under control. Once you understand how to handle your own then doors will start to open because you understand how money works. You understand that you need to essentially sacrifice to get what you want. Same thing with our time, right? If you don't understand how to use it appropriately and not waste it all the time, you'll never get anywhere. So you have to be diligent in, in, in your personal life and the small things if you want to do something bigger. Yeah. Oh, so good, dude. Absolutely, man. People need to have that, that, you know, definitely the personal finances squared away before they start preaching about it, man. Well, and it's, it's so much like everything else in our lives. I mean, there's, um, if Dave Ramsey wrote a book called, um, oh geez, now I'm going to forget what it's called. Uh, the legacy journey, right. And in the legacy journey, he talks about kind of this wheel of life and there's like six factors and all of us are good at something, right? So there's, there's your physical health, there's your spiritual health, there's your finances, there's your career, there's um, friends, and there's another one I don't remember, right? But we're all good at something. So a lot of times we pour into the stuff that we're good at. But if you don't focus on some of it, on all of it, you get kind of this wheel with this flat spot in it. And if that flat spot gets too big, that's where it brings people down, right? So you got to kind of look at your whole life and you have to focus on all of it. You can't just be all career driven because then your family is going to suffer. Your friends are going to suffer and you're not going to live that fulfilled life that God's called us to, to live out. Mm, Yeah, for sure. 
how has being a husband and a dad helped you to be a better entrepreneur? Uh, it has forced me to ask for help. And I truly, this is something I'm still working on and I, and I need to keep working on, but it's that delegation, right? And honestly, this is where law enforcement has come into place because as I've kind of gone up the ranks and whatnot, a good leader doesn't just do everything for his troops, right? Like you can't just be like, oh, I'll, I'll just do it anyways because I'll do it better. No, no, you have to teach them to do a good job so that way you can trust them to do it, right? It's that delegation. Mm. Same thing in business. If I, I mean, I always think I can do it better than, any of my guys, right? That's just, that's just the entrepreneurial ways. Like I, I can, I can, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Okay. But if I do everything myself, one, we can't grow because we're limited by me and my time. And two, it, then I'm taking it away from my family. I don't have enough time to do both and to do both well. And so it's forced me to train guys up and teach them and pour into their lives so that they can get better. So I don't have to do it because if they're doing well, then that means the business is doing well. It means I can go spend time with my family. And that's where I'm at now is really putting key people in place so that I can do the important stuff. And it's really taught me to step outside of the business and not run to the day to day. Like I can do big picture stuff where I can, you know, I make sure stuff is being handled, but I don't, I don't go do the the day to day stuff because I need to focus on what's bigger. First yeah. of all, my family, but like right now we're working on this new location, which um, it's, it's quite a large project for us. It's going to include a couple other businesses getting involved. Um, another business idea for us. Um, it's really big picture nice. and it's huge for us and it's exciting. But if I was so entrenched in, sorry, some random person's coming to my door. <laughs> People make me nervous. If I'm so entrenched in the day-to-day -day stuff, I don't have time to think big picture. I don't have time. I got to, I got to get this customer service. I got to get this, you know, X, Y, Z. I got to mow a lawn. I got to, you know, whatever it is that you do. If you're so focused on that, you can't step out and, and work on the stuff that's really going to cause the business to grow. And that's what I'm working on now is paying extra, paying more, right. Paying employees and, and, and giving away a piece of the profit piece of the business knowing that it's going to, in the long run, cause the whole thing to get bigger. Right. And it yeah. lets us get bigger. And, and yeah, so that's pretty cool. That, that's what I'm working on right now. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, as entrepreneurs, we get punched in the face, hopefully not physically, but you know, virtually yeah. we run into nose, yeah. get rejected. Right. Like yeah. people go through bankruptcy, but we keep going. When you hit these stumble blocks or, you know, you hit a failure on a, a job or something like that. Like, how do you get through that? Yeah. I love um, I love that question. And because we get this all the time in life, in business, in our careers. And you know what a failure or some, something that doesn't go the way you plan does? It sets you up for something bigger. Yes. And I tell this to my guys at work all the time because for there, this is this is pretty easy one to, to comprehend is you put in for a special team. Like say you want to be on SWAT team or dive rescue team or you want to promote. Well, when 20 people put in for it and there's only one position available, there's a lot of people that don't, that aren't going to get it right. Like yep. you, you got to be the top dude, but what sets the guys apart um, that don't get it is their attitude afterwards. It may not be your ability to handle that position, but how you handle that rejection, people recognize when you get kicked down and when you get rejected, say you need to do, do, be better at X, Y, and Z, your attitude towards that is what changes who you are. Because if it's just, oh, woe is me, I suck, I'm never going to be a SWAT guy, fine. 
But if that's your attitude that you're projecting to everybody else, you're, you're also never going to be any other team either because they know your attitude if things don't go your way. Mm. Same thing in business, right? If, if I go to try to strike a deal or get a customer and I don't get that customer and I just get all butthurt and I just can't, you know, I can't emotionally deal with it. Yeah. That negative energy is predicting essentially how the next one's going to go because I already have this, well, I'm not going to get it anyways. No, great. You just, you need to stand up. You shake it off. Cool. No problem. I got nine no's, but the one yes I got is going to make me some money. So you just have to have that. It, it uh, You have to have the ability to bounce back and brush it off. Just like I was reading um, your thing this morning that you posted where last year, right? You wanted 50 interviews and you got 26, man. Like, dang, yeah. you, you barely got halfway. And so I could see like, even me, I was like that. Yeah, that would suck. If I set a goal and I only got halfway, it's like, now, should I even be doing this? Like, what, what am I doing? Yeah. But oh, yeah. you, you step up, you bounce back, you go, you know what? I couldn't do 50. I bet I can do a hundred though. Like, come on, who does it? Who doubles the goal and then crushes it, man? Like <laughs> you've crushed it this year. That's what sets people apart. Being able to stand up and go, yeah, that sucked. All right. Well, I'm going to do better, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do twice as good. Yeah. And that's where I see true entrepreneurs, true guys in leadership really start separating who they are as men and women um, based on how they handle their failures. I love that, man. Yeah, dude, that sucked, man. When I was like, when I only got to the end of 2020, I was like, dude, of all years, 2020 probably would have been the easiest year to hit my goal. Right, right. Still sucked. And I was like, screw it, man. We're doing 100. And yeah, like a most posted, man, 116th interview this morning. That's amazing, man. Like that's, first of all, that's a ton of work. It's a yeah. ton of work. And I, I can't imagine the what has to happen in the background to, to make all that happen. But yeah, I recognize that's a ton of work. And just the fact that not only did you hit this new insane goal, you crushed it. And it's like, okay, well, what did that teach you? It, it taught you how to handle that volume of work. And yeah. you've got to talk to that many more dudes and it gave you that much more encouragement. So next year, yeah, like, you know, you may have a year where you're like, yeah, we, we do 500 podcasts a year. And I just know whatever your goal is it, yeah. it makes the next goal way easier and same thing yeah. with kind of what we're doing with our business man when i first started i wanted to sell ten thousand square feet a week like one truckload a week was a big deal right i was like man if because if i can get it by the truckload and my cost goes way down mm-hmm. and so that was our goal and a couple of times we didn't and we'd lose money because sod would go bad or something like that fast forward five years we're doing 15 truckloads a week we're doing one hundred fifty thousand square feet a week and I can't do more because the farm can't keep up. So now we're, which was like a big problem, but now we're like, we're contracting with other farms and, you know, we're, we're just, we're expanding. And because we set that goal, I was like, fine, if, if 10,000 is my goal, I, maybe we should do 50,000. Like maybe that should be the goal. Like, let's go find enough customers to cover that. And that's, and then it's just grown from there. Come on. Yeah. Every entrepreneur that's successful in life and in business, like they have these non-negotiables. What are those non-negotiables for you that kind of help set the tone for the day? Uh, integrity. Mm. Uh, for me, it's, well, I, I'd say it comes from law enforcement, but it doesn't, right? Like, it's just who I am. Mm-hmm. My morals, my integrity, who I am, um, it, it doesn't change. So I can kind of lean on that. It doesn't matter if I'm at work, in my personal life, in business. I want to be treated right. I want my little girls to be treated right. I want my wife to be treated right. So if I'm out pushing a cop car, and some terrible stuff happens and somebody does a terrible thing, you still treat them right. Like it's just a fundamental um, way of being right. It's just, it's just who God has called me to be because 
yeah, they may have done something terrible, but I don't know the whole backstory. And it's not my place to be judge and jury. You know, it's my place to make sure everyone's safe, right? Yeah. Same thing in business, man. If I, if I screw up, because trust me, we've screwed up, right? Every business has. And, and I need to make something right, even when it costs me a bunch of money. And I'm like, Dad, that sucks. And we could have, you know, we could argue and complain and like, well, was it really our fault? Was it your fault? No, you just, you just suck it up and you make it right. And when you start doing that and you start treating other companies and customers that way, it starts coming back tenfold because people are like, you know what? They screwed up. Not only did they fix it, but they did it with honor and integrity. They didn't even like try to cover it up, right? Like you just, you just make it right. It's yeah. that integrity that you live by and it will, it, it will cause you to grow in all aspects of your life, leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. Yeah. yeah integrity is so huge, man. Uh, I want to finish the show with a fun question. Uh, I forget if you and I have had these conversations, this conversation before, but I'm a big music guy. So yeah, ask yeah. A question like what's your band for you or favorite type of music for you? All right. So it's totally, I'm when it comes to music, it's so wishy-washy. I don't really care. It, okay. I am all about what am I doing? Right. Yeah. So like I listen to music based off of like, if I'm working out, man, it's, it's man, maybe some rap, some R and B, so, you know, something like nineties rap. If I'm, it's weird. People are like, really? And I was like, yeah, man, because it gets me pumped up. Like it takes me back and I I like it. Um, But if I'm just chilling and I'll listen to country, if I'm, if I'm having a stressful day, especially at work, or if I'm just, if I'm mentally stressed, I'll just listen to music, just classical, just something to, to mellow it out. Or like, let's say I'm headed to a hot call, a pursuit, anything like that. And I will turn on the most chill music because I'm already getting amped up. I need something to kind of like, Hey, let's bring it back down. Yeah. Um, I've started to listen to a little bit more rock. I'm kind of enjoying that. There's a a new band that came out and it just hit me, hit my Facebook feed and I watched it called, uh, state of mind. And they did, it's a rock band, right? And they did a a cover of Blake Shelton song, uh, God's country. So dude loved it. It was so badass. And I was like, cause I'm not a huge rock guy. Like I, I, I can get into a little bit of it. But I was like, yeah, I could, I could listen to that kind of music. So I've, I've started listening to all their music and uh, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty cool. So. Dude, they also did a cover of Garth Brooks. Oh, yeah. Is it Ride the Light? No, what's this song? Um, Yeah. Thunder? Lightning? Yeah, Lightning. I know exactly. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the song, dude, yeah. but that was a really cool cover. Too. Right? I actually played that for the kids and I was like, which version do you like better? Yeah. They're like, oh, I like the rock one better. Yeah, it's just cool. They, they, <laughs> those guys are going to kill it. They're, yeah, it's pretty cool. I like them. Oh, that's so awesome, man. Well, dude, Justin, it's such an honor to have you on my show. Thank you for what you do, man. I love what you got going on with your business. And I'm excited to hear about the new location and the new venture, man. Thank you so much for taking time. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I wanted to just take one quick second of your time to point you to ericallenmedia.com. I have a ton of free and paid content on our resources tab. Click on that. Tons of books, tons of websites you can go check out. Some secret websites in there as well for you. But listen, I am available for hire for anything from product videos to content videos, review videos. I do a lot of how-to and explainer type videos, box opening videos for brands. I also do laser engraving for anything that's wood product. So if you need some you know, coasters made or fun tags or something like that, shoot me a DM. Happy to help you out. You can check out some of my work on our YouTube channel there. Really appreciate you checking out the show today. Thank you so much for your time. Have an amazing day.